0: This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean.
1: Hey, I'm never gonna like that. This is uh, Casey McLean. This is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. A lot of fun stuff to talk about this week. The guest is comedian Chase Myers, a good buddy of mine. One, of, He's probably, in, I mean, he's one of my favorite Seattle area comedians. Uh, his nickname is the Louisiana Slowburn. He's from Louisiana. I'm recording this before we talk, uh, so I presume we will have talked about him being from Louisiana, but It's not confirmed as I record this. Fun week in politics. Uh, I generally am, like, skeptical of all politicians. I would certainly not say that I belong to a specific party. Uh, I do find humor and hypocrisy on both sides of the political aisle and a lot of fun to be had this week but before we talk about that i'll talk i'll talk about that after chase uh so that any of his friends in louisiana <laughs> listen to this or if you're a a uh i presume his friends in louisiana are staunch conservatives but they're probably not uh well, I guess we'll throw the political stuff at the end of the podcast. Uh cool thing this week, my daughter turned 1 year old. So fun. I had so much fun. It is uh we had three very small responsibly distanced parties for her and I got to say very enjoyable. I'm not a big I'm not a big party guy in general, but right now it feels so good to just have any human contact. I cooked three types of meat. If you want to see that meat, go to my Instagram, at Um Nothing really annoying to report. I did have a moment. Uh, I wish that we were less sensitive about certain things because I. the only way that I feel like I can describe an impulse that I have is like a nearly autistic impulse to correct people when they misrepresent statistics. So like this happens in real life all the time. Uh, we Last week we talked about Donald Trump deciding that he was going to use case fatality rate, which I think actually has some efficacy, but he's right now he's using that because that's the stat that makes him look the best compared to like the EU and I just, I have zero tolerance and a compulsion to correct people. And, uh, my dad's girlfriend, my daughter is one year old. And we say, yeah, she has her pediatrician checkup tomorrow. And my dad is a conservative and his girlfriend is a liberal. And, uh, So I I would say that I generally tend to agree with her worldview more than my dad's, and I love watching her disagree with him, very exciting for me, but she will interject political stuff as though everybody in the room agrees, kind of at will, uh... So, and political, I mean, like political, but also like, uh, just like opinions, like that are not consensus or divide, that are, or are opinions that we are divided on to some degree as a country. So we go, we're going to have, she's holding my daughter at this time. And we, and I say, uh, yeah, we have the pediatrician checkup on Monday or on Tuesday. No, Monday, Monday. It's so hard to know what day it is during this time. The only reason I even know it's Tuesday today is because my other human interaction outside of my family is every Tuesday for a couple of weeks, I've been going with my dog to an elementary school to run my dog with uh, my comedian buddy, Taylor Bonzer's dog. That's the only way I know that it's Tuesday today as I record this. So my dad's girlfriend's holding my daughter. We bring up this pediatrician appointment. And she holds my daughter up in the air and she goes, you're going to tell them that percentiles are bullshit, right? Now, I think that probably parents care more about percentiles than they should growth percentiles. If you're not familiar, if you don't have kids, when you take a kid to the doctor, they give you a bunch of measurements, weights, length, uh, head measurement. Mostly they're doing these measurements just to make sure that there is no major drop-off or major gain in development. Like, as long as they're keeping pace, you're good. And really, they say between 5 and 95% means healthy. <clears throat> so, what they don't mean, what it doesn't mean when your kid is 90th percentile, is that they're going to become a a huge athlete. And what it doesn't mean when your kid's at the 10th percentile is that they're going to be an enormous pansy their whole life. Like, whatever whatever gross uh, adult traits you want to assign to them, fine. You're wrong, probably. Uh, I do think there's very likely some cor- – this, so this is where my – now I'm doing it on a podcast. I didn't do it in person. But uh, I've, there's got to be correlation between – Size of baby and size of adult. The percentiles do mean something. They don't mean everything. I posted this on Twitter the other day, but I really do believe this. People view, like, COVID-19, they go, oh, it has a 98% survival rate. It's not that big of a deal. But they also think it's inevitable that they will win the lottery, which has a one in, like, 300 million chance or something like that that you – Will win the lottery, and they view that as inevitable, and this 98 percent thing as a zero percent probability, despite the fact that one in 50 or one in a hundred people will die from it, which is an enormous percentage, considering the ubiquity of the spread. people don't understand probabilities, and my dad's girlfriend is a social worker, so her maybe her strengths aren't in mathematics. <laughs> But I didn't. I didn't engage. Now I'm just crossing my fingers for the rest of my life that she never hears this podcast. But uh, I didn't engage in it because what I've learned as an adult is she meant no harm. Very obviously, we had the same thing happen with our uh, with our midwife, where she described the probability of because you're not supposed to give the. You're not supposed to tell people that you're pregnant as a woman until you're like, I think it's like 13 weeks along, because at that point, the rate of miscarriage drops considerably. But I remember it was like the rate of miscarriage drops from, it was like 40%. They're very common, by the way, and we should be more empathetic and allow people to be more open about this uh, story for another time. But. It drops considerably, and she's like, yeah, it drops by like half. And I was like, wait, so we're going to tell people, and there's still a 20%? There's no way that's right. And I looked it up, and there's like a 1% chance of miscarriage after 13 weeks. If you make it to 13 weeks with a health, a healthy baby, the chances of a miscarriage, are, they drop exponentially. She was wrong. And uh, I allowed it to ruin one appointment. I was very annoying for one appointment. Never brought it up again. I'm trying to not be a big pain in the ass. So we'll talk about Ben Shapiro. We'll talk about Kamala Harris after Chase Myers uh, so that his, his people in Louisiana and maybe some people around Seattle that are listening to this don't have to hear my stupid opinions if they came here for Chase. But for now... Uh, this is Chase Myers. He's a Seattle comic. One of my favorite comics. Uh, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. Have not had the conversation yet, so I don't know what that stuff is yet. I have a couple of feelings. I think we might talk a little LSU baseball, for example. I think we might talk about Louisiana. Uh, we'll talk about when I used to not like Chase for no reason. And then I immediately flipped the switch and, uh, it'll be fun. So I hope you enjoy, Chase. Thank you. Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand-up dates at com. Also, follow me on all social media at thecaseymclean. Check out stand-up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place download the anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started Can you hear me? Uh yeah, I can hear you. All right, can you clap on your side so your recorder gets it?
0: Yep. All right. There's going to be two claps. I had a premature clap a minute ago. Oh,
1: that's all right. I was uh my internet was being weird. Hopefully it- I've had a, a bunch of computer problems today so hopefully it's not uh permanent. How are you? What's yeah, this? Hopefully not. Yeah, what's <laughs> this uh What's this background you have here?
0: Oh, it just it makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm not uh within arm's reach of my bed and arm's reach of my closet at the same time. Uh, yeah, but what is it? You have like a like something hanging down? Yeah, it's just it's a, uh it's just a it's a backdrop this is a gray nice. black job with uh yeah i bought like this lighting set and stuff
1: uh let me see i don't think i have this one plugged in because part of my problem with my computer has caused me to lose usb ports today at least wait oh yeah some lighting i normally have lighting from both sides i've tried i'm trying to get three point lighting right here right yeah that's the key yeah that's yeah. everything i looked up that's all it says three point lighting. Right now I have one point lighting and the computer screen reflecting off the glasses. That's a problem too. I didn't realize I was going to have mm. when we went into quarantine. Is uh, the glasses are a real issue? But uh, yeah, man, it's good to see you. It's been uh, I haven't talked to you in I don't know. I guess six months, right? Yeah, since like, the world ended, man. Yeah. <laughs> when is the last time you did stand up?
0: Uh, March eighteenth. I, oh, I think about it every wow, day. Great. Well that was so that was my last I actually I just I totally forget. That was my last pre like COVID. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's actually but man. then but then I uh I, I did two weeks ago I did Coos Bay in Oregon. Okay and uh did that little run. Well, not really a run anymore. It's just that one it's that one casino now.
1: But. Oh, I see. Is it multiple nights or just one night?
0: Yeah, so it used to be one night that would make you hate yourself and then now <laughs> <laughs> they they stretched out into a Friday Saturday. It used to just be Wednesdays, but now it's Friday Saturday. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it my so the March 18th like my last like my pre-COVID uh, show like that one went great, you know what I'm saying? And comedy just like has this way of even when it's over, humbling you of like, nah, come back, <laughs> come back, come back for four more shows. <laughs> yeah, I've in a rowdy
1: a... bar environment. How much time did you do? Did you do thirty? I did twenty. Each? I had to oh, do twenty. 20. Okay, because yeah. yeah. that's I did uh, I did one weekend of uh, just emceeing, so like ten minutes, just ten minutes. And the first night I was like, like, I've been doing, I have like my set set up where like, you can just kind of like, there's probably multiple points you can enter it to be an MC set, but it's like in the same order almost all the time for this, like, and dude, I lost like huge chunks. I was missing like full chunks out of jokes that I'm like, when you're MCing, it's like, you know, I'm, I want to go up and like get as many fucking punches out as possible. And I'm like, dude, I was swimming on stage.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I had that same experience. I, uh... I went to tell, I don't know why I was so cocky. Like, yeah, I'll just, you know, it'll all come back to me or whatever. But, yeah, I went to tell that donut joke that I've been telling for 20 years. And, I yeah, same thing. I missed whole big parts of it. Like, I made it make sense. Yeah. But I was was searching up there to try to, like, oh, shit, I left this whole thing out that I'm about to call back to. How do I (laughs) make that make sense?
1: Well, I think, tell me if you're going through this also. Because I had that weekend and I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm going to go back to doing stand-up all the time so I was like I gotta try to get at least 20 minutes of material like up to game shape so I so five shows I did like you know I basically did I probably did 15 total minutes uh split up among all the shows but like one of the shows I was like oh what joke did I miss because that felt way that joke felt way shorter and I went went and listened to it. it's like I missed the whole goddamn joke <laughs> like the whole thing, like the best part of it, I missed. I oh yeah, the
0: actual joke. Yeah, yeah.
1: The, the the like it's still yeah. There's still like enough things in it, but it's like the, like to them, the crowd has to be like, why did he do that minute and a half chunk and then not, never continue with anything? Like, I mean, I'm sure that none of them are thinking like that, but yeah, like thematically, it was like really weird in the set that it's just like here's a minute and a half about having a kid. And then we just move on to something else, like you know, <laughs> I got I got fucking four minutes on the Ninja Turtles, but only a minute and a half on having a kid. You know what I mean? Right.
0: Priorities, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, did you? And the, I I I know that like I was actually looking this up. Was it 2017 that you were going to record an album, or or 18? Uh, probably
0: probably 2018 i think i think it was the summer of 2018 that okay. makes sense yeah somewhere like that yeah i i tried to uh i mean i recorded it it's it's out there i just didn't like it yeah. and uh and i'm very prideful <laughs> and that's that said no one will ever hear this
1: <laughs> did uh so did you consider putting it out at the beginning of this as it was no, that's how much I hated it. I, uh,
0: no, <laughs> no, it never even crossed my mind. Honestly, what it was, it was, uh, I mean, I, I didn't have a, as great a set as I would like to have for like this being yeah. my first, you know, album, first time I'm recording all this material like that. Uh, it was like just a lot of family in the crowd, and I think that mm-hmm. familiarity like kind of made it weird for me. And, uh, and then just also like the way it sounded in the room, like there was probably 40, 50 people there, but. To me, when I was listening, I was like, it sounds like there's nobody there. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not putting out, you know, this is
1: me in front of my, my aunt or whatever. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, I did, Uh, right before we had a kid, I did this show that was, uh, I was like, I don't know. I mostly just wanted to get like, I just was going to do like every joke I have that I would feel okay putting in my act. And it ended up being like, at the time, like 42 minutes or something like that. And uh Never thought it was going to be an album, but it was June – no, June 20 – no, June 30th. It was June 30th. So I I know you don't have any kids, but it's very stressful. <laughs> Leading up to having a kid, it's very stressful. It ruins I've your heard, fucking I've life. I've heard. Yeah, so – I've heard
0: so much that I've, I don't have kids. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> I have very much underestimated my desire to be doing stand-up through all that. Uh, I do remember
0: I'm, I remember us having a conversation kind of before and you were like very like into like yeah I'm I'm going to do these couple shows and I'm shutting it down for a little while.
1: Yeah, maybe I, I think I said that wrong. I was going to I overestimated my desire to be doing stand up cuz I remembered by June 30th I could tell you my last good set was April 24th. Uh which is a long time to go just I mean not like bombing, right? Like it was still fine. Yeah. But I never felt good. After a set from April 24th until, like, July 15th is... No, fuck. August 15th is when I did my next set. And that felt great, because it was like... I did new material. Uh, I was out of the... I was away from that fucking baby for a little while. Uh, yeah, uh, that'll do it. <laughs> but yeah, the... Dude, it, it's so... Str- and so, like... And then, I I remember... I had I did like free tickets. I don't care if anyone pays. I just want like a good show to go out on. And like ninety people said they were going, mm-hmm. and I was like literally talking to the the guy that like I was borrowing the room from, and I was like, dude, I might need to do a second show because I don't think that place can't hold ninety. And like seventeen people showed up. <laughs> And nine of them have seen 100% of my jokes already. And six of the remaining have seen 75% of my jokes at least once. And so, yeah, I like kind of bombed for 40 plus minutes in front of like the people I love the most in the world. Right. (laughs)
0: In a strange way, that's not who I want there. Like I, yeah, I, I, I very much like didn't invite people whenever I started doing comedy. Like yeah. I saw the people that did that, and I, I wanted to kind of like, I'll invite you to the good one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, and it's never going to be one where you're majority of the crowd. Like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. invite you to some club weekend or somewhere where I know it'll be packed and everything will be perfect. But yeah, I'm not. I, I the people who invite their friends to just every set did they do I I don't like why don't you care about the people in your life more
1: Yeah I know I didn't let my wife see me do stand up for 6 months That's a good move And uh I I mean What was my, the reaction the first time Dude the first time she oh you know what's funny actually the first time she saw me was just a horrific setting we went to Bellingham for a wedding and I was like mm-hmm. listen there's an open mic up here these people don't know me I won't feel bad if I bomb let's go to this open mic and it was like an all-comics open mic, and uh, even like, man, every scene just, they all feel like there's a big swinging dick in that group, you know what I mean? Like, so, of course. So like, I go there and they're like, nobody wants to talk to me, like the fucking, you know, the booker's snubbing me, even though he booked me, on it's still an open mic, but you know, like I've communicated yeah. with him, and uh, that was like just, you know, nobody did well, so who gives a shit? The like the next week, it was her and two friends of ours went, and that's the only people. Maybe my mom went, and uh, I had the best set of my life to that point that night. It was like a it was an open mic at Tacoma Comedy Club, where for some reason there were like a hundred and ninety people there. Right, as well as magic. not everything yeah. lined up, and I did like three minutes or four minutes. Everything was perfect like i said the joke perfectly which at that point i was like just trying to say the joke right every time mm-hmm. right and uh but then like yeah like t- and like there were enough laughs to like time the- oh dude it was like great even uh there's a woman named jenny zagrino uh who's like a re- pretty well-known comic yeah who was yeah, just yeah. there she i don't know why she was in town but she was doing she was just like doing the open mic because she was in town and uh she was like you were great. Like, came up to me and she's like, You were great. And uh, Scott Lossie, who's a friend of mine, uh, and better friends after this, but he walks up and he's like, Oh, dude, it's so good to see you finding your voice. I remember then bombed Ooh. for, I think, three months straight after that. Like, not good <laughs> yeah, after that.
0: That's what happens after yeah. that, dude. Yeah. you. But it doesn't matter. You had the moment. You yeah. had enough people see you in the right uh, situation.
1: Actually, <laughs> I, I think I've told you this. So, we did a podcast before and you had something. That you wanted to address, I remember. I can't remember exactly. I think it's oh, something. Oh, I you... do.
0: I still think good, about okay. it. I, uh, good, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. You as a as another sports guy, we were talking about. Uh, so I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, yeah. and uh, and that's that's where LSU is, and uh, LSU baseball is just a big deal there. And so me and you were just having the sports uh, conversation, and you're like, "Oh, who's some players who played there?" And I mentioned DJ LeMahieu and Alex Bregman, and uh, my mind. They crossed over for a season, and I had said, "Yeah, dude, they were fucking great. They were shortstop, second base, and then Bregman moved over to shut." None of that happened. That's just how I pictured it. They were like a year apart, <laughs> but I, you called me on it in the moment. You oh, were good. like, "Are really? you sure?" Yeah, you were like, "Are you sure?" I thought Lemayhu was a little bit older. I was like, "Nah, Bregman was just a superstar, so he's playing like you know fresh as a freshman, and Lemayhu had an extra all this shit." That's so funny. I, yeah. And, and like, it was one of those on the way home thinking about it, checked it and was like, I can't even look Casey in the face now. Now,
1: I... <laughs> Well, well I, I, I remember a lot about that night, that night, actually. But I want to talk about how uh, I think I might have talked about this on the last podcast, but I didn't like you the first time I saw you. Did I? No have shit. I you, have I told you that before? Yeah. And I, for no reason, it's just that I'm very likable. That's surprising. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Right? I hadn't even talked to you. Hadn't given you a single chance. It was just—it was literally like uh, (laughs) that. Like you know what it was. It was uh, that. Do you remember? I think you did this. I I assume you did the Tacoma Comedy Club MC showcase. Yeah. And I didn't get asked to do that. And I was brand new. To to my eyes, you were brand new, right? Like obviously, you've been doing comedy for longer than me, but. And you were funny. That's another thing. Like, I didn't factor that into the whole fucking equation. But you're like not a local, obviously. And, uh, there were like a lot of people that I secretly disliked that got, that did that. That I was like, uh, and then you want to know, like, literally what turned it around was I think I went to like laughs, maybe. Mm-hmm. And literally, Dave or some, it was wherever I was. They go, "Oh yeah, Chase Myers says you're funny." So uh, I figured I'd throw you up, and I was like, "Like I, I had never talked to you. You had no reason to fucking like say anything nice to me." I was like, "Oh, now I love this guy forever." Like, yeah. I'll never. I, I could
0: you. feel, I could feel that you didn't like me, and I want people to like <laughs> me so much.
1: <laughs> you just start recommending
0: duds. Just start recommending. That's how I got in in the new scene. I just started recommending people. <laughs> I. Yeah, I didn't realize, like, um, so I moved here with that, like, audition book. Like, it was just, like, I got a really lucky referral from somebody, and, like, I knew it was, like, one of my first gigs when I got into town, and I didn't realize, like, how big a deal that, like, how many people were, like, going for it. And I, I honestly, like... Yeah, and so, like, because I had a moment of, like, somebody that had been in the scene for a little bit, he saw me at, like, the first open mic, we talked, and he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. He was like, you know what you should go check out? You should go check out Tacoma. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm actually auditioning there in a couple days. And, like, he just completely changed. Like, he completely, like, just shut off, like, didn't want to Like, I could see, like, like I took something from him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and I I think that I would have had the same reaction at the time. And I don't think that I'm I'm certainly not, like, immune to that now. I get a little bit of that. Mm now uh but i do think it's i am like i'm doing as much comedy well not nobody's doing any comedy right now but let's pretend that right that it's four or whatever six months ago i was doing as much comedy as my relationship could handle
0: right Uh, so and that's a fine line yeah
1: (laughs) yeah so like i don't have anything to be like i i can't i mean there's definitely like i would like to maybe trade some of the gigs on the bottom out for some gigs on the top you know, we all do like the shitty gigs that we don't necessarily uh, love or want to do long term. Like, I don't want to be 15 years in necessarily. I'm not going to name the any gigs because I probably still want to do them. Right? Yeah, because <laughs> so we got to do.
0: Who knows what the landscape's going to look like yeah. when we go back out there, dude? Now time to be burning bridges.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think. Uh, I think that's like, I don't, I'm, I guess I'm like not as, also, I like you. I guess that's probably the biggest thing is I like you. Like, there's certainly people that I would be more like if they got something that I didn't get, I'd feel a lot, I think you're funny and I like you. Uh, it depends
0: on how much you think that person deserves it. A yeah. little bit. <laughs>
1: like, on an yeah. arbitrary scale though, right? It's like yeah. because you're not from Seattle, I think you shouldn't. What the like Seattle is the fucking epicenter of comedy. What a stupid opinion <laughs> I had, you know. Uh Yeah. So that's that's that uh that's off the table. I secretly hated you before it mattered, and then I've liked you ever since. I'm glad uh, we got that.
0: I just for the record, I like you too, Casey. Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> I think you're funny. I talk to Dave about you all the time. <laughs> uh,
1: the I booked you on a show at the brewery. Yeah, uh, and you came. Like I think you closed it after you had opened for Michael Winslow. If I recall right. correctly. Yes. Yeah. You do
0: recall that correctly.
1: <laughs> uh, you if I understand correctly again, slightly better time at the brewery than uh opening for Michael Winslow. Man, what
0: a fucking nightmare, dude. He uh <laughs> I I got real upset at like the math of it is really what got me mad. Was cause it was a two man show mm-hmm. and I did a thirty minute opening set and he did a forty five minute michael winslow show set like he didn't do i felt and i got paid like 150 bucks or something and i just felt like that didn't like the math didn't weigh out properly like i did almost half the show yeah and uh i'm getting like whatever little you know but also i wouldn't put those asses in seat for sure uh
1: but yeah surprising michael uh, winslow's still putting those asses in seats
0: Dude, if you go into the, like, sticks far enough, like, the farther into the sticks you go, the farther back in time you can go with the act. <laughs> so, you know, Like, to those people, Police Academy happened this, like, this decade. It's like, new in was... theaters,
1: actually. They actually had Police yeah. Academy at the theater that he played the week before. It was like the the fucking... First, yeah, pri- priming everybody.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. He was nice or whatever. I just kind of, you know, I'm watching a dude that beatboxes for a living, and uh, you know, it, it's. I, I appreciate for what it was. Mm-hmm.
1: And beatboxed before it was like, before a lot of people were doing that. I guess like uh, kind of. Yeah, kinda well, animated.
0: that's the thing is like his thing is kind of like in some ways the beatbox game is as passed him some <laughs> because like, <laughs> his, like. His thing was more like sound effects and everything like his yeah. first like his first bit was like here's Star Wars uh you know cuz he's still doing an act from 83 he's like here's Star Wars and he did all the sound effects to like the scene in Star Wars it was really cool but like all right you know you did a bunch of laser sounds and stuff and yeah. it's like Reggie Watts is doing a full like loop and yeah, he's, making he's songs and <laughs> <laughs> like it's 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 moved a little bit since Yeah that. and
1: material <laughs> uh also Right. Uh, there is say? material in <laughs> yeah. there. Uh, it's a bit it sounds a bit like seeing like, do you ever see those old, like Michael Jordan is the the first player that looks like today's players in the history of basketball. Meaning, right. like, if you go one generation before Michael Jordan, you got like a six foot nine guy doing layups like that wouldn't happen in today's. Uh, right. Like a guy's finger rolling in traffic that's not happening and you know like that's that big like th- just the game looked different uh and less coordinated and i think that's kind of like what is going on with him maybe is he's got like a a george Gervin versus michael jordan thing going on yeah i like that pull. i like the iceman pull. thank you uh <laughs> so you did that show did great uh my you're one of my wife's favorite comics locally also which is another oh, real, nice. real ego hit for me because i don't make the list but uh <laughs> uh and then i have you over for this podcast podcast went fine i don't remember this uh great shame you put on your family very well uh i what i do remember is i cooked tried. tip you did and uh uh, I've learned a lot about cooking since then. I think it was I, I was an okay cook back then. I would bet, if I'm guessing, when when Chase Myers eats a steak, Chase Myers likes it a little more done than I like it. That's my guess.
0: Right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, <I love> <laughs> there was a little bit of that, like little kid. Uh, like the plate where most of the food has been touched, but very little has been eaten. Thing, on right? The I move I move stuff around a little <laughs> yeah. bit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so one day I know I feel very bad giving a southern person a piece of meat that's not cooked properly because I feel like, uh, that's that's sinful in itself. Oh, I'm uh, judging. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, and then we went and did a show, uh, where again I think like you were one of the first acts on the show because I think at the time you were thinking like you could do that, do it and leave. And then it ended up being like, you had a good set. Another comic went after or before you, he had a good set. And then three comics that I booked from out of town on this show bombed.
0: I remember. I, yeah. I, I, yes. That was a man, a man. Wilfred uh, was also on that show, and yeah, me and him had a big conversation about how big our ego got after that because we uh, <laughs> you know, we both marched out there, started the show on fire, and then just watched it, just watched it go down, dude. I,
1: uh, yeah, that that was rough. <laughs> and I mean, I would even say like, I mean, those are like at least relatively accomplished comics. Uh, I would say like, I got a recommendation on. The guy that was... Spo- so it ended up being Andy Haynes that closed it out, which is like... Yeah, like that's perfect. ...dropping. Yeah, that's great. Let's fucking cleanse the palate a little bit. But the guy that was going to close it also bombed extremely hard. So thank God Andy Haynes came to to save the day. But there, he-
0: Yeah, there's something about the way... Because Andy even had trouble with it, but at least he like was structured in his, like, trouble. Like, you know, like, you could see where the jokes were and where the effort was. There's something about when you're just flailing and bombing that it's, yeah, you're never going to get it back.
1: There were points where I thought that the crowd was unfair, and then there were points where I was like, oh, you guys, maybe it's just like, I've made this comparison uh, away from this podcast, but there's people, (laughs) and I'm not saying this about these people necessarily, but there's, like, I've noticed that there's people that treat comedy like it's, community theater where like getting laughter doesn't matter. Like everyone gets a shot, whatever. Uh, and that was like, that felt like a, you've never performed in a comedy club before to know what, like a, like a middle of the road audience. That's like, that's like not a dumb or smart, not a rich or poor, not a liberal or conservative audience. Like that place, you you should be able to get any material over if it's good enough. And yeah, dude, it was like, some of it was like, dude, you gotta, you gotta, uh, I, I mean, I guess we're trashing these people without saying their names. Oh, we're stuff. in it. We're in it. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, you just gotta like, or I fucked up as a booker. That's really what it is. I fucked up as a booker. One probably should have had, uh, you or Wilfred at the end. I think still probably have now knowing what I know, I'd probably still have one of you guys at the beginning to start the, to start the show hot. Uh, yeah. I got. I guess I'm never gonna let someone, uh, have me book their significant other to do the same amount of time as them. Yeah, without you che- can't do that. Getting a video, a uh, big mistake on my part. Um, yeah.
0: So yeah, I've seen that trick a couple times with the the comics that are dating or whatever. Yeah, you can't you can't trust it because one's funny, the other one's gonna be. Yeah,
1: it's it also. I feel most betrayed because I was like, "Hey, do you have any other recommendations?" And they were like, yeah, so-and-so. Boy, I'm doing a good job of making this anonymous because I haven't even said – I haven't uh, pointed even to the gender of either person. We don't know who closed it out, what gender the person Yo. was. Doing great. Uh, Top-notch shit-talking. Over yeah. Uh, and they go, well, do you know so-and-so? And I was like, no, but I'd love to get a – I'd love to, you know, whatever, trust your opinion, I guess. Uh, and I fucked up. I fucked up, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, so, and then Louisiana has no clubs, right? Is that still no.
0: true? No, no clubs. They they had, we had a funny bone until I was maybe like a year or two in, maybe two years in, and then it closed. They tried to open it back up as something else, and it closed right after that. Like, I got to open for Theo Vaughn one time, and that was, that was the most I ever got to do there. But, yeah, it was it's literally just uh, comics running shows at bars. Like, New Orleans has a scene... Baton Rouge has like two nights, Lafayette has like two nights, and you can kind of go between the three of them and uh, piece together some time.
1: Are those places all like driving distance of each other? Easy driving distance?
0: Yeah, I would say easy. Yeah, it's uh like, so where I'm at in Baton Rouge, it's like an hour to hour 15 to get to New Orleans, and then it's probably an hour to get to Lafayette. So like, if
1: you're where I'm at in Baton Rouge, it's like right in the middle. Yeah. Right, okay. So... And then uh, the the comics that were big there that I know of are like obviously like Mark Norman, uh, Theo Vaughn. Theo Vaughn's not from like I know he probably started in one of those cities, but he's not from the city, right?
0: He's from he's from Mandeville, which is like uh, right outside of New Orleans. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know, I don't know. So Theo's thing is that he did uh, uh, Road Rules right. first. He did that MTV show, he and never then he had started done doing comedy before then. As far as I know, I think he's like the one
1: good. I mean, I guess him and Christina Pazitsky are like the two good stories of like using. Where did she come from? I didn't realize she came from. I think Road Rules also. I think she was. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think maybe before Theo by a year or so, but they're like both very good comics. Like, you wouldn't. Like, most people would never guess that they came from MTV.
0: Right. Yeah. You wouldn't think that.
1: Yeah. I don't know.
0: I mean, I don't want to lie. If he had done stand up, it was like very open mic level sure. before then. Like it wasn't like uh anywhere near of what he became. Um uh, Yeah, a lot of those guys Sean Patton's also sure, yeah, from yeah. New Orleans and a lot of those guys are they're way before me. I never saw them. I'm g i am i mean, I don't know how you count stand up time now. Uh whenever <laughs> whenever it ended, I was like nine and a half years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh you know, somewhere in that nine and a half to ten years. And uh, yeah, they were they were long gone by the time I started. Uh, from what I understand, Mark Norman and Sean Patton were definitely in the scene for a little bit, and then went on somewhere else. But I don't I don't know that Theo was like hanging around New Orleans doing stuff.
1: So then, are there like are there New Orleans comics who? Because have you ever watched that mo- that uh, documentary when stand up stood out?
0: Is that about the seventies? Like it's uh, uh, Boston.
1: Like I think probably not, like eighties, nineties in Boston.
0: No I, I hadn't seen that one either. It's a
1: pretty good one it's uh but it's about how like there's all these guys that were just making great livings doing comedy in Boston, and they're like Boston legends and obviously like that style I mean I like that style, even though that's not how I perform. I like this the style and uh, maybe it lends itself to like be like it, anyways, the point is, is there's like these local legends there um and now I, I think like Don Gavin is one of them. I'm trying to think of the other guy. There's one other guy that's really big. Uh but is there any of those guys in Washington state we have uh past podcast guests, Gabriel Rutledge for example?
0: There's there's guys that none of them are making it to the degree of like how like Kermit Apio and sure. Gabriel Rutledge and like those guys are like been here for a long time can like pay for their family. So there's guys that have been there for a while, but there's not really a lot of money in stand up down there. But yeah, I would say uh, there's this guy, Howard Hall, uh, who I think he just had too many kids. Really. I mean, mm. if he, if he moves, uh, you know, five, 10 years ago, I think he's famous right now. Uh, and then there's another dude, Corey Mack, who kind of made his own. He lives like kind of in the French Quarter, like near the French Quarter in uh, New Orleans, and he'll do a lot of like emceeing at clubs. Yeah. And then he runs his own shows at night. So he's like one of the only comics that was like in that area that was uh, making all their money from performing, you know, yeah. like uh, kind of doing that. And really? so, uh, yeah, because he would run his stuff and then, you know, the MC stuff is basically being a comic. He's just. Talking shit over a mic while people yeah. dance and stuff, and you know. Uh, oh,
1: I get it. When you say MC, I thought you meant MC at comedy clubs. No, no, no,
0: no, no. No, I mean like MC he's the dance MC clubs. of this bar. Whoa! And he's walking around going, "Look at this bitch over here. Like he's that person, <laughs> and he's yeah. And uh, there's a lot of that in New Orleans. I, I hadn't really seen stuff like that here in Seattle. Is there anything but, uh,
1: else you could do? Like, if stand up never comes back, can you? Is there anything creative that you think you'd be good at?
0: Um, I mean, no, I, <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I mean, I've been pod, I, I got a podcast too. Yeah. I've been doing that. I've been buckets like trying. To, Is
1: it the buckets yep. of Duckets podcast?
0: Yes, sir. Yep. Uh, yeah, I used to. I, it's uh it's me and uh, I, I stole Adam Posse's idea for a podcast, and uh, me and a buddy just uh, talk every week. And
1: oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Adam Posse's <laughs> yeah. original. Did you you listen to the Adipose? yeah yeah? yeah.
0: I, I had I had to know what I was walking into, so yeah. I, the I very to, original
1: uh, idea of two comedians talking about nothing. <laughs> yes, that's yeah.
0: That. But the difference with ours is well, I'm in Seattle. He's in Louisiana. Yeah, the so difference. In that, yeah. The
1: difference is uh, internet latency. Yeah, that's that, that that's always exactly. improves. <laughs> 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 what is the origin of buckets of ducats? Because that's like a hashtag you've used since I've known you.
0: Yeah, it's so me and Josh had original. his name is Josh Watts, Uh me and him started together in Louisiana. And uh we used to have when I was in Louisiana, we had the podcast, it was just called Chasing Josh Talk. Mm-hmm. Uh We were yeah. and uh just one goofy episode, we like, I, dude, it's gonna sound so fucking weird. But like we, uh we, for some reason, we were like, what if this episode we do like a, like a whole like narrative, like a story, like mm-hmm. me and you have beef. And we uh stop doing the podcast and all this shit and then we get back together at the end. Just big goofy shit nobody listened to. And uh and in that at some point Josh, like, wrote a goofy song and was, like, singing to me to, like, get the show back together. And in it, he said, we can make Buckets of Ducats, and it just broke me. Like, it's so funny. It just means a lot of money. That's all <laughs> yeah, it means. Yeah, I know what it means. And, and so some people don't, and so I've had that. And so it just, like, stuck at that moment, and then we just kept saying it, and then we ran shows together, and we called that Buckets of Ducats, and then eventually we just, like, became Buckets of Ducats. And so when we, re- we relaunched the show... Uh, a couple months ago, we we just changed it to buckets of Duckets.
1: Is it was it relaunched? Was it already in the process of being relaunched, or is it strictly?
0: Yeah, like- I had the idea, and then uh, to bring it back because we had both kind of he he's uh, he had I moved, and then he had kids and stuff, and so it was kind of like a, let's wait until we're both in a spot to where we can do it weekly. And, uh, yeah, we literally were about to do it. Like, I bought a bunch of equipment and everything, and then <laughs> and then it was like, well, I'm stuck in my house now, so I guess we have to do it. <laughs> yeah, but, no, it wasn't. The, the original idea was like, oh, yeah, dude, and it'll be so much better now because I'm on the road all the time, and I got all these new experiences. <laughs> and, dude, every week I could just talk about the shows and whatever, and you could talk about what's going on in your life in Louisiana. And now it's just every week we're like,
1: yeah, so I saw this on TV, and did you see that on Twitter? <laughs> I <laughs> know I'm, I'm going to run out of comedians that I respect that are willing to do this podcast eventually cuz I've I feel pretty good about the the people that have done it so far. Yeah, you've had a good lineup. I saw you got Megan Gailey on it. Yeah, she's uh she's great. Uh I had Gabe on. I've got some uh some good stuff coming up. Not to say that uh, I've been I've been chasing I've been courting Chase Myers for a little while to get him on the podcast, but uh Oh, I just burped it on the mic. That's no good. But um, yeah, man, it's eventually going to, like, I don't know when Uh, I'm going to have to start having re- repeat guests on, you know? That's yeah. kind of my hope is just like at some point, but there's also nothing going on in the world. So it's like, what if I have you back on in three months and we're still just like sitting with our thumbs up our asses, what's going to be new to talk about? You
0: right. Know what yeah. I mean, like,
1: what? Well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess I just have to be. More talented, I think, is what really.
0: really. <laughs> no, me and Josh, we've been basically like going back. Like whenever you listen to our pod, it's like us just telling stories. Remember this time, and we go back through stuff like, yeah. like that's kind of been what we've been doing. Because yeah, we've we've had very few uh, like comedy developments. I mean, yeah. I got to do one weekend, and I think we both did a couple Zoom shows. So like that's yeah. all the comedy that we got to do. We found out a bunch of comics were pedophiles, so we got shit on that for a little bit. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's about all that's going on and then we try to like we're not gonna be political because we're not very political people or whatever but it's like dude I don't know anything else that I care about right now
1: so. yeah I know that's that is uh you always you kind of wonder like in the like World War two into the Spanish flu sorry World War one and I made, the same, <laughs> I made the same mistake that Trump made the other day <laughs> World War one into the Spanish flu like what did people like stand-up comedy obviously like basically didn't exist but even if it, if it did, would anyone give a shit about it? Like, what did people care about then? Just alcohol, I think. I think that's why yeah. they had to do prohibition. Is the years following, like multiple traumas as a country, we just drank ourselves into a stupor, and then they're like, Jesus, you gotta, we gotta put a. And by the way, I don't know anything. I don't. There's, I'm sure there's historical context, but I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been wading into the politics stuff too because it's everybody's hypocrisy is like everybody's a hypocrite. Like, I don't know a mm-hmm. single uh, outspoken person about politics that doesn't have, like, inconsistency in the way they apply their own ethics at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's cra- and yeah, by the it's, way- it's hard to know what to eat, because even people that I start to, like, pull, I'm like, okay, they got it
0: together, and then, yeah, eventually they'll switch on me, and I I don't know what to, you know,
1: Yeah, and I don't I, know what to believe with that. I guess, like, my thing is, it's fine, because I think we're all human, and I don't think... I really don't even believe that, like, evil exists very, like, very much. I think there's very little evil in the world. So when somebody does something that fucks a bunch of people over, I just assume that wasn't their intention. Like, maybe they were ignorant and had too much power or whatever. But, like, uh, so then I'm like, okay, so we're all flawed. We're all going to fuck stuff up. But we, if we all know that, then shouldn't we allow other people to fuck stuff up and give them a second chance and not... You know what I mean? No. Like You expect moral purity from other people, but you don't exhibit it yourself. No,
0: dude. You cross me once, you're out of my life.
1: Yeah, like uh, like if you fucking come from Louisiana and do the show at the club I want to work at, <laughs> you better fucking have a pretty, pretty grandiose gesture to get back into my good graces. You know That's what I right. mean? Uh, that I have a good recommendation.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> to, to an open mic, by the way. I, I, I wonder if it was there. I wonder i think it was there because i just remember always going to that place and thinking like i'm not gonna get on like yeah this i gotta been, prove myself to dave again i gotta but... yeah i gotta be here till fucking he doesn't remember who i am i'm gonna be here till 11:30 at night to fucking bomb for three minutes in front of nobody uh yeah that was, that was <laughs> no don't you miss it though Oh yeah, I missed that shit. dude. I, I didn't do I, so. I did that one weekend for a brief stretch in Tacoma. There was open mics going on, and I right. just, I made the decision that I was not. If I'm gonna catch COVID, I should be getting paid to catch COVID, right? Like I don't need to be spending a bunch like multiple hours at a bar to do three minutes to nobody or to people who are uh, in the middle of amateur hour because they haven't drank in public in fucking multiple months, yeah. right? so like i decided i'm like also open mics man i don't know until they're like for me like open mics i'm going like i don't know when i'm doing an open mic again because i dude, that's so many people touching the mic it's uh so many people breathing onto the mic it's dude that seems like the worst possible
0: yeah and like what are you doing it for like, yeah, I, I go to open mic to hopefully work on something that I'm going to use later. When yeah. am I going to right now? I don't have a single show booked for the rest of my life. So, like, what what am I going to go and work on a new tag for whenever I might not even get to perform it for four or five months? Like, I, I don't have that. uh I don't have that like urge to get on stage to get that out. I guess doing the podcast is helping me because I'm mm-hmm. getting to express myself that way. But yeah, I don't have that like if I wasn't doing that, I wouldn't I wouldn't go risk it for that three minutes. Like it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Know? The shows you... that I did in Oregon were with another it was with one other comic yeah. and we each had our own microphone and they were like real strict about how we even like everybody mask on, like how it all mm-hmm. went down. So I felt very comfortable. Uh But, yeah, I can't trust some dude running an open mic to run it properly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and then it's, you know, obviously, like, there's no green room at an open mic. Uh, Yeah, man, it's tough. And then you're, like, because I've always thought, like, also, everybody beats themselves up over how much they're writing all the time, right? That's, like, a perpetual... Comedian complaint is everybody thinks they should be writing more. Or if they don't think they should be writing more, they're probably wrong. Like anyone that's like believes they've crested the point where they're writing enough is probably yeah. wrong. No, uh,
0: it's always more. Yeah. <laughs> it's always right more.
1: Uh but I also I do think there's a thing where it's like I can only write for the like I can only develop so much material with the shows I have access to, right? So I'm not doing 45 minutes five nights a, a week or whatever, five times mm-hmm. a week. So, like, my my ability to, like, develop new materials is going to be slightly limited by that. So, like, I think there's people at my level, which is below your level, who think they need to be putting out, like, creating a new hour every yeah. year, which is just it's stupid at a, the highest level. But it's, like, you got to, like, I know people who, are like, never fucking do a joke twice. I know yeah, that's a guy me. in Olympia who I love by the way. I'll say his name because I love him. Nate Wolf. Do you know Nate Wolf? Have you ever met Nate Wolf? I, I haven't met Nate. Nate's great guy, really into baseball. Uh he won't do the the same joke in the same venue ever twice. Which right. is like yeah, such those a-
0: people here's what I learned with that and I know you know this too is that even if there are somebody that's in that crowd that saw you do it a month ago Uh, they don't remember. They don't remember the way you think they remember. Like, they might, at the end of the joke, go, oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, yeah, now I remember you. Like, that's the thing. They don't even remember you.
1: Like, better yet, the joke. Also, it's like, you know, I may feature two times at that club, for example, a year, Mm -hmm. and they may go to, if the club is lucky, two comedy shows a year, and the idea that that could intersect like four times in 2 years is extremely unlikely and i do like jokes i like i'll watch them twice you yeah. know i don't give a shit like that's uh i i like
0: to hear a joke multiple times yeah. i'm not one of those people that like uh, you know there's that whole like uh comparison with like music of like oh you can hear the same song over and over again i've heard people push back against that but like I do kind of think it's the same way. There's certain jokes that I can hear over and over again.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so like, uh, I don't feel so like, yeah, I guess I'm like, what, how quickly do I think I could actually get a joke to be like good enough to not work on it anymore and move on to something new, man? I don't think I, I just think like I got like a couple premises that I have nowhere to use them. So like, that's, What am I going to do beyond that right now unless I'm doing, like, a million Zoom shows, unless I'm waking up at 5 in the morning to fucking, like, do a show in Taipei or whatever? Like, there's (laughs) the stories I hear about people I admire, their commitment to it, but it's like, dude, I'm not going to try to get some people that speak a different language in a different country that's culturally very different to, like, understand my subtle Uber Eats joke, right, Right. where, like, there's, like, a a sometimes.
0: Yeah, sometimes if the crowd is just too old, they don't get my references. Yeah. I, can't, I can't imagine. I didn't realize people were doing that. That's like a thing people were doing.
1: Oh, dude, yeah. I actually did uh, a Zoom show, or I guess it's not Zoom. It's uh, it, was, it started out as Instagram Live, and then I did another one that was on StreamYard that got streamed to like, Facebook, but it was in South Africa. South Africa is like culturally pretty similar to the United States, even some of the same like tension as the United States. So, yeah. like, the you know, I didn't do a lot of material, though. Like, it's, like, you know, weird, like, host interviews where uh, I just feel guilty the whole time that they think they got a more famous comedian than I am. Like, I was just the best American they could get. And, like, they're like, oh, do you do comedy full time? I'm like, not even close. Like, no dude, uh, play it up. It yeah, don't matter. <laughs> I mean, I, dude, let me tour South Africa. I'd gladly do that. But, yeah, it's yeah. – <laughs> uh, I'm – i But then I look at it and I'm like, okay, would I rather do a Zoom show where there's at least some people in the crowd uh, and I don't have to leave my house and I don't have to worry about someone else using the microphone or uh, go to the shitty bar, like a shitty bar, do a shitty bar, open mic. And then I'm like... Well, fuck, if this is an option, why would I... Like, let's just do this all the time. Get rid of open mics like Mm -hmm. that entirely. Let's just, after this, (laughs) like, even after it's gone, let's do these Zoom ones, you know? Comics,
0: yeah. I mean, we don't want to go anywhere anyway. Like, the one place we do go is to go perform. So, yeah, if I could just do it here in my room. Yeah, I've came around a lot to the Zoom shows, too. I had, like... Uh, when it initially happened, I feel like I was like every other comic where mm-hmm. I thought I was the first one with the idea of like, oh, well, you know what? We'll do streaming shows. <laughs> I'll start doing that. Knock that out for a couple of weeks, you know what I'm saying? And then we'll be right back out there. And then like I get on Facebook and immediately everybody is like live performing in their living room and shit. And I, I immediately cooled off. I was like, okay, now I don't like this. Uh, And then I, I did one. I, I I was like too close to... I was too close to have have, have just done it for real, yeah. you know, to where, it, like, it hurt of, like, man, is this is this what comedy is now? Like, I and I wasn't ready for it. But now, six months later, uh, this is what comedy is now. So, like, I have had a couple Zoom shows where I'm like, I, I guess I'm just going to make the best of this because, you know, I could keep complaining about how it doesn't feel the same, but this is what comedy is right now.
1: Yeah, the one thing about it that I don't like, I will say, is I, feel, I felt like on most nights, I, I hate... I don't really like a three minute set,
0: no, and so... I didn't come up doing three minute sets, oh in yeah, Louisiana, okay. we were like five or more sure. i that that like threw me off whenever I came here, and so many of you guys were doing three minute sets like yeah i and think... I, I think you can tell in the difference in like our style like i I have like this real like long story mm-hmm. style thing, but that's just from all the long sets that I got to do way before yeah. I should be doing it, and here's a lot of comics that are joke, 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 without much,
1: like, personality or themselves right. in it. And Thank you for calling me personality I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I
0: would talk about you. <laughs> a lot of people out here. <laughs> Dude, I
1: sent a fucking... I sent a... Uh, I posted this on Twitter, but I sent a rapper, a DM, this rapper that I've loved since, like, 2007. Not a famous guy. I'll tell you, if you have any interest, I'll tell you off, just in case he never does the podcast, and I don't okay. know, I have to embarrass myself. But uh, he said he'll do the podcast and then he's like tell me about it though and i was like oh i'm a stand-up comic uh i think that hip-hop and comedy have faced some of the same external pressure to like uh mature in the past like 10 years and i think that's maybe the the angle that i would take because i'm he's like funny as a rapper but like Mm -hmm. uh and he's like oh yeah dude i watched your stuff you're great it's good to see someone like with like really tight jokes and then he's like yeah i love comedy he used to open for uh, open Mike eagle uh oh nice yeah. yeah so like he's he knows comedy a little bit and he watched my my fucking favorite rapper from 2007 watched <laughs> my clips and then was like dude they were so good and tight it's really nice to see that for a change and I'm like oh my fucking god that's like, amazing if dude. I could that's have amazing. told 2007 dude I never would have got married I'd be fucking <laughs> jerking off and so
0: when you say from 2000, you mean he's been your rapper your favorite rapper since 2007 or like he had a hit in 2007 and uh, that's I, like
1: well you know argue him from. He's never had a hit he was okay. I discovered him in 2007 and I've never gone deeper on a rapper than him because I discovered him this is the this is the the uh like lineage i guess of it is i uh you know do you remember fort minor do you remember that group yeah so they yeah, were like yeah. the guy a uh, couple guys from lincoln park and then a couple guys from this group called styles of beyond made fort minor and then i found i was like oh these guys from styles of beyond are really good let's listen to styles of beyond and then i was like oh these guys from styles of beyond are also in this group called demigods And then I found this guy, I'll just say his name, I guess, and be embarrassed when he never does the podcast, but uh, Lewis Logic is the rapper. And then I found him, dude, and he's got, at the time, he already had, like, uh, seven albums out, albums or EPs out, uh, like a wide variety of like Mm -hmm. styles and there's some were collaborations and stuff and dude i listened to everything i listened to everything he was featured on i fucking interviewed him for my college radio station i saw him live twice like dude i loved and, and actually i had his number at one point and i would like text with him every now and then but never was it like it always felt like uh inferior and superior you know what i mean And then to send him this thing, and I was like, uh, you know, I didn't expect him to remember me because this was 12 years ago, and he didn't, for sure. But uh, him to like, it's just so weird to think that one of my favorite rappers uh, watched my stand-up clips and liked them. Uh, That's weird. Um, Anyway, my point is, what I feel like in Seattle is that pretty much every night of the week, if I worked it out, I could talk to somebody and get a 10-minute set somewhere. Any night of the yeah. week. Yeah. And on the Zoom stuff, it's just like, now there's less shows with more people vying for them and just like zero hierarchy, which is probably what you felt when you came to Seattle, where it's like, for some people, like me, you they thought you were starting at the very bottom of Seattle's comedy scene. Mm-hmm. And in like the Zoom world, it's like, Who's at the bottom? Who's what are the good shows? I have no idea. Yeah. That's the yeah. There there's no like
0: standard for it. Uh there's uh do you know uh do you know Tyler Bow? Mm-hmm.
1: I actually did my weekend in June with uh Tyler Bow was featuring and I was MC.
0: Oh nice. Uh so he that's who I worked with in Coos Bay. Oh, cool. And uh he told me he's done like sixty Zoom shows. Like Yeah, he does like corporates. Yeah, he does stuff like that. And but that's I I but you're right, that's the thing, is how do you know when it's... Like, yeah. you just decide this went well. Like, that's basically what you have to do. You well, just have to be you okay. you can hear laughs.
1: You can hear laughs. You, people See, the ones,
0: the ones that I've done put us in, like... They put us in a Zoom show, or like a Zoom meeting, and then they, they like, will stream the meeting. Yeah, and so the sounds. only reaction I get is from the other comics if yeah. they're paying attention. So, like, you know... I'll get a handful of laughs, but it's not the it's it's not it doesn't feel like I'm controlling a room. Yeah, with what I'm doing. So
1: the the first Zoom show I did that was like straight stand up. There were 800 people watching. Wow. In Zoom, and then there were like 50 of those people were unmuted. But the the problem with the Zoom shows is that. Uh, the host can't decide the audience's volume, so like all of a sudden somebody would be like there'd be a fucking law and order episode that was as loud as me that uh... somebody's watching in their house. And they got tired of the show, forgot they even had their computer on, and uh yeah, it's just that's tough, so then you gotta get like you have to go through this process of like, can you be a responsible audience member?" Well, how many times can you, like, then it's like your, how much time do you spend on that versus how much time are you performing and it sucks to, like, do, it, like, that's not why anyone wants to do comedy is to, like, police audience members from not the stage, right? Yeah. And, uh. I don't like to do
0: it from the stage.
1: Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, man, it's just, I like, I had fun with them. At, I've done nine, I think.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think I've done three. I think I've done three or four.
1: And, I like, the first couple were, like, I was, like, going to bed sweating like I had just done my first open mic. Uh, (laughs) Like, really happy. Like, really... And, and, like, felt like I could develop material on it. Okay. And then I did one where I did, like, 30 minutes. And it was, like, you know, one thing that's kind of nice is nobody can see. I had, like, a set list written on a fucking full legal pad. Because I knew, like, I don't have... 30 minutes of jokes memorized anymore and so i had like the bullet points of the jokes written out I still fucked up a bunch of them uh obviously but that was like really fun because it was like i could do a bunch of my material and like try new stuff without having it be the only material i do that day and then hating myself for the rest of uh existence that day
0: yeah and so the next set yeah
1: Yeah, and then it's like you know i then you're like I don't want to put in, and how much effort do you have to put in like the South Africa show is cool, but it's at ten thirty a m so it's like I gotta like make an excuse to not be at work like I, oh, I'm gonna take a break for twenty minutes while I do fifteen of it to you know eighty people in South Africa that'll never see me perform live uh Are you working from home, yeah, oh yeah, yeah and that's the other thing too. Are you working?
0: yeah i uh i played it really smart man i can't believe it worked out this way for i i got with like there's like a temp agency i got with them a couple years ago whenever i had like just a stretch where i didn't have a lot of shows and i was like i'm gonna fucking i I had reached a point where i could only do stand-up but like if anything fun came up i was broke like i couldn't i couldn't do anything but the shows and i did that for like a year and so, yeah, I had one of these parts where I was like, damn, I'm not going to get like a lot of money for the next month or whatever. So I, I took this temp job at like a warehouse and uh, just charmed my way in. They came to some shows, and it was like... Everything lined up, type moment. They came to a show where I like closed at Tacoma Comedy Club, and it was packed and great. And so they were like, "Oh, we didn't know that. That's what you like. <laughs> we thought <laughs> you like saying karaoke. We didn't know that you're like actually trying to do this." Yeah. Uh, and so then they, there were nothing but cool with me about like, "Yeah, I mean you're a temp, so let us know when you're gone or whatever." And so I would go on tour and then come back, work three days or whatever, and kind of do stuff like that. And so when all this fell, when all this went down, I just. Start working full time uh, oh, yeah. with them, and so That's good. I mean it's not it's not as much money as I was making, but I mean it's it's at least enough to keep me going right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm sure your expenses are different now too, though.
0: Yeah, the yeah.
1: Uh, uh, what's up?
0: No, it, it Dave oddly like I I don't know now I like uh, I because it, it used to just be how often you get paid. Yeah, I wouldn't really have to pay attention to finance because like if I was working the temp job, that was, like a weekly check. And then most stand-up weeks, I'm getting paid two, three nights a week. So yeah. like I almost never had to worry about what... Because I, I never bought anything too crazy. And there was always another check coming if, for, I, if no, I had wait, that on. impulse. Hold
1: on, fuck that. I got I to gotta, I gotta object to what you just said. Because yeah. you're a fucking hype beast with your <laughs> stupid shoes. I never bought anything too crazy. What is your shoe budget annually? Because <laughs> uh, you have... It, you have like a fucking m t v cribs taste of shoes,
0: yeah, for sure i uh yeah that was yeah, that was one of the things whenever things started working out more for me that I immediately was like, that's what I'm spending my money on i mean i would I would spend three four hundred dollars a month on shoes sometimes, like uh I'd usually at least get a new pair a month and they're usually one fifty two hundred bucks somewhere yeah. up in there I mean i you know i I was in that range most months, so then I had to cut that out. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, so. I had... Yeah, man, I, I got, like, angry at sneaker companies for still dropping sneakers, like, especially, like, immediately. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing right now? Like, we're all on unemployment. I can't drop $200 right now on Dude, some SB Dunks. you just SB got Dunks. the stimulus
1: like, check. They're trying to get that stimulus check from you. Yeah, yo, I know where it's going. It's the, going. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's like when uh, Mike Tyson is, like... You know how much it costs to feed a tiger every day? <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah, dude, I don't because I don't have a fucking tiger." Yeah, <laughs> that was never in my budget, okay?
0: <laughs> I don't know what it's like to adapt to that when you don't have that money anymore.
1: <laughs> um, do you have so you have no shows lined up at all? No nah, man, I got nothing going on.
0: That reminds I, I wanted to mention this a second ago when we were just talking about, uh, we were just talking comedy stories. So Gabe Rutledge, uh, mm-hmm. that you've had on the show, uh, and our friend, uh, I remember like an argument, I've thought about him a bunch during this. And I remember, not so much an argument we had, but just something we saw differently. He has this opinion that like comedy doesn't matter. He's like, it doesn't matter. Oh, it's not important. Good. This is
1: exciting, because now I have yeah. a story.
0: Yeah, and that's, and I've we've, I've opened for him a lot and we've had a lot of long car rides and he always says that he's always like I don't think what we do is important at all blah mm-hmm. blah blah and I always push back I'm like nah that's bullshit because like how many times after a show have you had somebody tell you like oh I had a shit week and this made my week and the whole thing and you're, you're bringing like there is something to that uh, and then the pandemic happened and it was like immediately comedy does not matter that has to go first like, I, like this whole time I just been like, he was right it didn't fucking matter this whole thing that I've invested my life into basically it didn't fucking matter
1: that's so funny you say that I've never, so I've opened for Gabe a bunch too Mm. and uh, we've spent you know, we've driven to fucking Grant's Pass and Pendleton together Mm. and I've never said that to him and he's never said that to me but I did say that to Augie Smith one time, who's another Northwest native comedian and I think this is why Augie Smith doesn't talk to me is because I said, we were talking about it, and I was like, I've kind of just realized, and what I meant was that, like, in this, like, kind of along the lines, like, who gives a shit if Kevin Hart said a bunch of fucked up things 10 years ago? Like, what does it matter if he's better, if he's fit, you know? Uh, And also, like, we get this idea that, comedians are the new philosophers has placed so much extra burden on comedians because I'll tell you what, chase, I'm not a philosopher. Okay. Mm. Like there's no philosophy worthwhile coming out of me. Anything that I say is through my own biases. It's not, it's, it's all garbage. And I will fucking abandon my principles to make people laugh. You know what I mean? Like I am not a philosopher. And I said that to him and he's like, Dude, we're sitting
2: <laughs>
1: – me and Augie Smith sitting eating teriyaki a weekend at uh, Joker's in Richland, which is uh... – he also said a thing to me that I do agree with, which is that when you're on the road, the people you're – it's like a carnival family. It's like that, that's your family. The people you're on the road with, they yeah. are your family, right? Because yep. you're. A... we're all away from our families. We all miss our families. You miss your uh, fucking – playstation or something your shoe collection and uh, i bring like four pairs with me every time <laughs> <laughs> I <can cuddle> them. <laughs> uh but he said so he's like the comedy is one of the only places where people can connect on that like you know he's got like this deep and philosophical point in the right. in defense of people who think that comedians are the new philosophers and I just don't agree. Like it's so funny. <laughs> I just like And I kn- and I know the way Augie said that. Augie, like
0: when he says shit, he fucking means it. And yeah. like he'll he'll fucking he'll go at you. So like yeah, I I, I
1: can imagine the way that yeah, that he I,
0: that he processed what you said.
1: I would say that if I am memorable to Augie, it is in a negative light. And not because like I d- <laughs> I didn't do any of like I don't do I try so hard to not do any of the like shitty, annoying young comic stuff. Right. Uh but I guarantee you if he remembers anything about me, it is that specific conversation, and it, it did not go well for me. Like, we had fun in other ways that weekend, uh, but yeah, he, he did not enjoy that take on comedy from me. So uh, that's so funny that Gabe said that, and you disagreed with that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. the power the dynamic was a little different <laughs> yeah because <laughs> I, I almost like I would just I, I basically what Gabe says I listen to you know like Gabe's one of those dudes that, so like it was honestly one of the first things that he ever said in comedy that I was like I I don't agree with the funniest man walking right now like what do I do
1: <laughs> I know I know I mean I I, I definitely like yeah that's funny because so often I'm like but Augie's like I mean Augie's the same I like I mean maybe we don't revere Augie as much but he's been around just as long Mm -hmm. uh and the weekend that I was there even like to they it was uh Kermit Apio showed up like at the very end of the last show because he was doing like a corporate gig in Walla Walla and uh Susan Rice was in town randomly wow yeah Susan Rice and she got injured and had to go to the hospital. Which is the only way we even knew, because the openers came to Joker's also to like hang out and drink, or at least one of the openers did, and it was like what a weird. And so then they were, and they were telling stories about, um... oh shit, Henry is it Henry J Floyd? I'm gonna feel. I don't know
0: that name. Uh...
1: He's like, uh...
0: well, that's not it.
1: Anyways. Like,
0: one of their guys? Like yeah, one of their people he's, like,
1: from? he's like a guy that died a couple of years ago that was like, yeah, started with all them, did comedy for 20 years. They have a bunch of, like, infamous stories that many of them might get him canceled, were he alive. Now? Right. And so it's like, you know, Kermit and Augie talking about comedy in a way that it's like, you know, one of those moments where you're like, I'm just going to shut the fuck up and listen mm-hmm. to these guys talk. Because one day... I'd like to have these stories and have somebody that I can, you know, when you and I are 50, it'd be cool to be like, you know, you're at a club in a town and I'm at a club in a town Mm -hmm. and we fucking get together for coffee and talk about how stupid uh, Gabriel Rutledge was for saying comedy doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. (laughs) Look at us now. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah. And that was like really reinforced that idea that comedy when you're on the road the comedians are your family, and I still vehemently disagree that comedy matters. that's what I'm saying. Like, is it even going to come back. I, don't, you know, I hope it does. And I would. I'm there's not fight. a rush
0: for it. I yeah. mean, you know, that people aren't, you know, uh, begging about it or anything. Like, I mean, hell, that we had it back for a couple weeks, and uh-huh. they were like, we don't like that one dude being on stage. Get that one dude. I know dude. that it's just like any other restaurant, but now there's one dude. Get that fucking dude out of here. He doesn't matter. Like.
1: I know. I know. It's, it's, uh, and I think that that's that community theater thing I was talking about where it's like, it's like, uh, I don't get how you moralize as a comedian. I don't get how as a comedian you're moralizing comedy happening. You know what I mean? Like I, I get it if like bars and restaurants aren't open and there's somebody packing a bunch of people into a basement. That's one thing, but like mm-hmm. the obvious, this is what I'm saying about these people must not work clubs because the wait staff is reliant on their income, also, right? And like, yeah. if the governor says this is safe and if provisions are being taken, I don't get why we're like moralizing every comedy club in the country that's open more than we're moralizing the bars and restaurants that are open in the same city. It's yeah. like this weird it's this weird thing that's happened in the last couple of years to you know, to end this on a very severely political note. Let's get there. Right that's now, how it was always gonna end. Yeah. <laughs> you just throw up a Confederate flag and walk out of the <laughs> fucking room. <laughs> uh, if you are a bartender, you're a working person who needs to make a living, but if you're a bar patron, you're a fucking murderer. If you're a sex worker, you are a hero, and if you are a John, you belong in jail. Like, these people work in concert with each other, right? Like, they, mm-hmm. the one cannot exist without the other, and you can dislike, if you're a comedian in the in any scene, you can dislike comedy, like, club comedy uh, as much as you want, but when you burn it down, the vacuum isn't just sucking all the club comedians out of your Scene, it's going to mean less stage time for everybody because the chase. Like m- maybe I won't. They don't like me. Maybe, but Chase Myers will walk in and charm himself into an alt comedian. uh And all I of a sudden, dude, I can get there. Yeah, all all <laughs> of a sudden he's fucking talking about literature on stage in a southern accent, and everyone thinks he's Zach Galifianakis. And uh I don't know if that's even a Zach Galifianakis thing. It's just, I've Anyways,
0: don't doubt goes. yourself. It was working. <laughs>
1: uh, You get my point, though. It's like uh, it's like I I just don't understand the thing where it's like, like a dude in Portland was doing a show on his fucking truck bed, and people are like, "You piece of shit!" And it's like, it's it's outside. They're doing this in New York and California, and yeah, that place is doing that. And it's I mean,
0: Jim Gaffigan's doing a whole drive-in tour,
1: right? Yeah, but Jim Gaffigan's a white Catholic. There's no way they like that guy. (laughs)
0: <laughs> who
1: could <laughs> how many so one one last thing because I, I believe yep. this to be uh, true it's what i love about spokane as a comedy town uh a place where liberals and conservatives have to live together and have to interact to me seems like a great that's like the makings of a great comedy city yeah, Louisiana, specifically like a college town in Louisiana or New Orleans, which is like the metropolitan area in Louisiana or the biggest metropolitan area in Louisiana. I imagine that's like crowds are politically, economically, racially, actually diverse. Like like when we say diverse in the Northwest, what we mean is like it's a black crowd. Right. That's a diverse crowd. <laughs> no, that's a, yeah, that's a black crowd. Like it's, it's all black people, which is great. I love those crowds too. That's not what the word diversity means, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: no, I I would say, um, yeah, more so in New Orleans. New Orleans also has like a touristy element to it, where sometimes you'll oh sure House of Blues has a show, so sometimes it'll be you know people from all over the country at a mm. show and stuff like that. Uh, which that that's a huge benefit. You know, just because you get, to, you know, it's not just some dude uh, yeah. from Mandeville or whatever. It's, you know, people from all over the world. And uh, Baton Rouge, yeah, I mean, Baton Rouge is, I mean, it's pretty mixed. There's still some, it, you know, the city's a little segregated in itself, sure. too, though. Like, it's, you know, there, there's definitely the the white part of town and the black part of town. And, like, I grew up 10 minutes from Boosie, and we have a completely Lil different Boosie? childhood. Huh? You're talking about Lil Boosie? Yep. Oh Boots are you, were, you see, so. I thought that was yeah. the name
1: of a city.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like me I mean he grew he grew up in Baton Rouge. He grew up ten That's minutes so away funny. from me. And there was a certain point. He was like a neighbor of mine, uh, whenever I like once he had money and then I I uh lived in these like shitty apartments and he lived in like the really nice subdivision right across the street and shit. But like yeah we had a completely different upbringing like you listen to that dude rap i'm like i that's not the same city (laughs) i grew up in yeah uh but everything he's saying is true to him too yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean i think that's like one of the tough things about seattle right is seattle is so seattle's very segregated also yeah uh and i think that it's like the gentrifiers are the ones complaining about the segregation Which is like, like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, I mean, and uh, also the ones that are moralizing comedy in in a lot of cases. So, all right. Well, I think that was a pretty somber way to end it is uh, You Lived by Boosie. I think a fun name, a fun game would be uh, a rapper name or city in Louisiana uh, Because you say these cities, you just roll them off your tongue like they're real places, and I can't confirm or deny because I can't even spell half of them, you know? uh, uh, That would be a fun game. Yeah, I love it. All right, thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoyed Chase Myers. Chase is a great comic. Uh, I'll link to his YouTube page and his, I mean, none of us have stand updates right now, but I'll link to his, his website, check out his podcast, bucket of ducats. Um, yeah, very fun. All right. I want to talk about two fun stories. First is, uh, I guess we'll save the best for last. I'm going to talk about Kamala Harris first because the Ben Shapiro situation, I what a gift we've been given. Uh Kamala Harris as a I would consider myself like a centrist leaning person. I probably don't think that Kamala Harris is as socially liberal her record isn't as socially liberal as I would like it to be. Uh I think that both Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are very boring candidates. And to be completely honest, I wouldn't mind a little bit of, I wouldn't mind being bored of what's happening in the White House. So I don't view that as a negative. Uh, I thought, I, I actually invoked the name of comedian Susan Rice uh, in the interview with with Chase. Maybe I'll get Susan Rice on the podcast, but... Uh, I thought Susan Rice was interesting. I actually thought Amy Klobuchar was interesting. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that Joe Biden picked Kamala Harris specifically, uh, because Kamala Harris pretty vocally called Joe Biden a racist. Um, maybe not in so many words, but at least implied it pretty strongly. And maybe he is, by the way, I'm not saying he's not, I'm just, I was surprised at the pick. Uh, I kind of like her, though. That's I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is about a person that I disagree with so much uh, that I, I, yeah, I find her like tremendously endearing, despite the at least the uh, the accusations that she's uh, been very negative in criminal justice and criminal justice reform. Um, so there's that. It feels like a PR move rather than a partnership. I thought that Biden fucked up by declaring very early on that his, his running mate would be a woman. I think that if you wanted to get progressives, uh, this was probably not the pick. If you were worried about progressives. But progressives aren't going to vote for Trump, pretty obviously. I uh, I would have been a big Yang fan. Um, my buddy suggested that Kamala is setting herself w- up well to run in 2028, which is so incredible to think of an 86-year-old Joe Biden handing over the torch. We could get younger. <laughs> We could get younger in that office, I think. I'm probably gonna be, I guess, an Andrew Yang fan going into the next election. And then the mother load. We hit the mother load. Uh <laughs> Cardi B and a rapper named Megan the Stallion released a song I'm gonna call it WAP. I tried to get my Alexa device, my Amazon device, to play it earlier today. And I have, a, I have an aversion to saying WAP because it's a, it's a racial slur for Italian people. But that's what, that's what uh, Amazon forces you to say if you want to hear the song. And it's like, yeah, it's a wild song. It's a wild song. I think well let's listen to Ben Shapiro. This is when when Donald Trump got elected a lot of people said that Donald Trump being the president would be good for comedy. I remember seeing my uh, my cousin, my wife's cousin say that it would be good for SNL and I don't know if that's true or not. I've never I have never been a regular watcher of SNL, but I don't think it's been that great for comedy, but I think that this moment here might have swung it. Ben Shapiro who, if you're not aware, I think I talked about him a couple weeks ago. He's kind of like, I think he's a mainstream conservative. Whether that's uh, an indictment of me or an indictment of what the conservative party is, whatever. Uh, I think he's a mainstream conservative. I think there are certain things where he actually leans like slightly left of his party on. And like masks, I think he's a big fan of. Uh, and that's the thing that I care about. I actually don't mind listening to him talk. I think that he's off-base and misinformed or making bad-faith arguments intentionally in some cases, but I I don't wretch when I hear Ben Shapiro talk. But I was so excited to hear him disgustedly recite the lyrics to WAP, which, by the way, if you're out there and you don't know what it stands for— Ben Shapiro's not going to tell you. It stands for wet-ass pussy. Uh, Not thrilled to have to say that on a podcast, but here we are. I have to clarify
2: what Ben Shapiro's saying. Here are some of the lyrics. You ready? Whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. There's some whores in this house. Hold up. I said certified freak seven days a week. Wet-ass P-word.
1: I think one thing I'll say if you're Ben Shapiro here. It's very obvious Ben Shapiro has spent very little time looking. Because that's like the the background. <laughs> Whores in the house is in the background. Also, <laughs> wasn't Cardi B an actual prostitute? Like, if anyone should get to sing about this, I think Cardi B is the person. Make that pullout
2: game weak. Yeah, you effin' with some wet-ass P-word. P-word is... So... <laughs> Make that pull out. Okay, we...
1: <laughs> is it pulling out a sin? Is not like considered a sin in some religions? Isn't sex supposed to be for procreation? Ah, uh, it's so funny to hear a conservative.
2: It's Let's get Rush Limbaugh to say it next. This female genitalia. Bring a bucket and a mop for this wet-ass P-word. Give me everything you got for this wet-ass P-word. Beat it up N-word. Catch a charge. Extra large and extra hard. Put this P word right in your face. Swipe your nose like a credit card.
1: That's a pretty good pretty good metaphor. I can't be mad at Cardi B or at Megan Lee Stallion, whichever one was. I've listened to the song. I've since listened to the song. My first introduction to the lyrics were at the, I, Has anybody <laughs> Has anybody put this to the beat? I would love to see this to the beat.
2: Hop on top, I want to ride. I do a Kegel while it's inside. Spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. This P word <laughs> is wet. Come take a dive. It continues uh, along these lines. Uh, and it gets significantly significantly more vulgar.
1: By the way, the Daily Wire is uh, who Ben Shapiro, I guess, is he the founder? I don't know. I don't know, I guess, that much. They censor. They have <laughs> blurred out. <laughs> They blurred out Cardi B's outfit. You can watch it on YouTube, but you can't watch it
2: on the Daily Wire uh, because it's too vulgar. Like, oh, a lot more vulgar. Talk your S word, bite your lip, ask for a call while you ride that D word. You really ain't never going to F him for a thing. He already made his mind up before he came. Now get your boots and your coat for this wet ass P word. Pay my tuition just to kiss me on this wet ass. Right. So this is, guys, this this is what feminists fought for. This is what the feminist movement was all about. (laughs) It's not, uh, it's not really about, you know, women being treated as independent, full, rounded human beings. It's about wet ass P word. And if you say anything differently, it's because you're a misogynist. You see, Uh, it gets really, uh, really, 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 really vulgar. Here's some This is a good
1: example of a bad faith argument because the thing that this is not what feminism is fighting for this being judged on the same scale as a man rapping is what feminism was fighting for and I've listened to some very vulgar but by the way this is as funny as hearing rap lyrics recited in court by Even older white people, this is fantastic. I can't, I, if somebody has not remixed this into Ben Shapiro singing the lyrics, uh, the world is owed uh, a severe debt. The, I mean, this is the perfect example of a bad faith argument, right? Because this is very obviously, this is like, this is nut picking. How many, how many buzzwords, how many buzz phrases can I use to describe this? It's a bad faith argument because Ben Shapiro knows that this is not what people were fighting for. Uh, It's just so goddamn funny to hear a... He's like, this dude's like 36 years old. He's two years older than I am. To hear him absolutely... This is the short version, by the way. If you listen to the longer version of Ben Shapiro talking, he's even at its most innocent he is owning himself as a guy that as a as a comedy club manager that i once uh worked with used to say a guy that doesn't know how to fuck All right, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed Chase Myers and uh, my brief analysis of Ben Shapiro. <laughs> uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DKCMcLean. stand updates, if there are any ever again, at com slash calendar. Check out my YouTube. I've got an embarrassingly low amount of subscribers there. Once I get to 100, I can set my own URL So even if you don't use YouTube, log into every one of your Google accounts, subscribe on uh, YouTube, and it'll add to it. So once I get to 100, I can set my own URL and I'll quit being annoying about it. There's there's stand-up clips up there. There's clips of my old podcast up there. Uh, I'll probably be releasing because the Patreon is uh, moving slowly, to say the least. I will be uh, releasing some full-length video interviews on there that I've already done. So be on the lookout for that. Go to, go to, uh, my YouTube search for Casey McLean. Thank you again. And, uh, I'll talk to you next week.